124. Tonight we ask the question, is God jealous or is He not jealous? Someone might say that 1 John 4 verse 8 indicates that God is love. Another might say 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 indicates that love is not jealous. Yet when we read Exodus 20 verse 5, we learn very explicitly that God is a jealous God. And so the skeptic will ask, how can God who is love also be jealous at the same time? Either God cannot be called jealous, or He is not a loving God. Well, I think that is a question that ought to be asked. We indicated in this morning's sermon that we ought to ask questions. How do I know what I am doing is the correct thing? How do I know my way of believing is the correct belief system according to what God wants us to do? So how can God be both jealous and be love, the definition of love, both all at the same time? Well, when we look at jealousy and we look at it in terms of the 21st century vernacular, we understand that jealousy is more often than not associated with something that is not good or bad. Right? We think of being jealous as something that is wrong. Well, I think when we consider our way of speaking in the 21st century, I would agree with that. I think that when we consider the way that the first century spoke, that jealousy could also be a very bad thing. In fact, as we noticed in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4, Paul said, love is not jealous. So if love is a good thing, jealous must not be a good thing. At least in that context, it cannot be a good thing. When we consider certain passages, let's notice what the writer intends when we speak about jealousy. Romans 13, verse 13. Paul says, let us not walk, or let us walk properly, as in the day, he says, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Notice he is combining two words in each description. Revelry and drunkenness. Revelry is drinking parties. We might call that social drinking. Don't be a social drinker and don't be a drunkard. He says, do not... Uh, walk in lewdness and do not be filled with lust because lust leads to lewdness, doesn't it? Both are sins. Social drinking leads to drunkenness. Both are sins. Do not walk in strife or envy. One leads to the other and both are sinful. Paul told those in Corinth, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 20, he told them to not, in be, to not be involved in such things as gossip, strife, and jealousy. Do not be involved in jealousy. After all, love is not jealous. So what is jealousy? One writer described it this way. He said, it is an infantile resentment springing from an unmortified covetousness which expresses itself in envy, malice, and meanness of action. I think that that could be 
uh, definition of jealousy. However, the truth of the matter is that jealousy can be spoken of in a righteous sense. The word jealous in the Old Testament springs forth from a word that means warmth or heat. Warmth or heat. The Hebrew word carries with it the idea of redness of the face when we are talking about or it is accompanied with strong emotion. We've all seen that firsthand, haven't we? Dealing with someone with strong emotion, whether it is a righteous emotion or whether it is not. You may see the redness of face. Now, three times Paul encouraged the brethren with a form of the word jealous. Three times he encouraged them in his first letter to Corinth. He encouraged them, them and he wanted them to earnestly desire a form of the word jealous. Now he obviously was not commanding the brethren in Corinth to be sinful. So jealousy must also carry with it the idea of righteousness. In fact, he pointed out a godly jealousy when he said this, 2 Corinthians 11, beginning with verse 2, he said, For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest somehow... As the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. In other words, unless you have a righteous jealousy for God, when they come with another God, you might put up with it. When they come with another spirit, you might put up with it. When they teach another doctrine, you might simply just put up with it. Unless you have a righteous jealousy for God. In the same way, God expressed His great love for Israel by proclaiming to be a jealous God, Exodus 20, verse 5. One of the three verses we began with. He was not envious of, of the Israelite nation in any way. had no reason to be envious of them. What could they do that would make our God jealous in a physical sense? If they were successful in any way, He provided that for them. But what He was doing was communicating His strong love for them through what we know as an anthropomorphic language, giving God the same characteristics as we have. The great Solomon gave proof of love and jealousy that they do not always oppose each other when he said this to her beloved, the Shulamite, set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. It flames, its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Song of Solomon 8, verse 6. In that passage, love and jealousy are paralleled. They convey the same basic meaning in this context. That married love is the strongest, most unyielding, most invincible love that there is, this side of our love for God. Or at least that's the way it ought to be. God has often described His relationship to His people by example of married love. 
So we better be jealous. We better have that desire. We better have that excitement. We better have that emotion that is connected toward God. Meaning we're not going to accept anyone but Him. Does that not need to exist in married love? Of course it does. And that's why God uses that example. We clearly see God's righteous jealousy, the like of which He expects all people to maintain, especially when it comes to obeying His gospel. Just like Paul said, unless you're jealous for God, another doctrine will come along and you might just put up with it. You might just accept it. Because that's what they had done, right, in Corinth. That's what they had done in Galatia. That's what they had done in several different places. Another doctrine had come along and they had just simply put up with it because they were not jealous for God. They did not have that righteous jealousy. Well, we better have that righteous jealousy. When it comes to obeying the gospel, we better accept nothing else other than faith in Jesus Christ, repentance of past sins, confession that He is who He said He was, that He's the Son of God, that He died, that He came up out of the grave, and He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, even unto this very hour, ruling over His kingdom at the present, being immersed in water for the forgiveness of sins, to be added by Him, by God, to the very church that Christ purchased with His own blood, Acts 20, verse 28. And then faithfully living out the rest of our lives for however long that is, living for God and doing His will. If you've done those things and you've become unfaithful, have a jealousy for God that you're not going to accept what the world wants you to accept. Come back to Him through repentance and confession. If you need to do that, do that as we stand and as we sing.